What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Before we get into this newest edition of the Fistful of Cash podcast, want to remind you guys that this episode and all episodes are brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Go to stayclassymeats.com and use promo code FIST for 10% off your entire order. Without further ado, let's get into UFC 237. And now, ladies and gentlemen, live from Coast of the Carolinas, by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, this is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here with Soup. Trying to get things done, trying to make some money, trying to have some fun. What's up, dude? Nothing. Uh, just tuning into this Columbus-Bruins game. Uh, you'll see it tomorrow. Charlie McAvoy from the Bruins just got away with absolute murder and only took a two-minute penalty. Uh, shoulder right to the head. Uh, took one of the Blue Jackets players out of the game, but... Got the call in his favor, so it's one nothing going into the third period. And then we got the Warriors Rockets tonight. Got Sharks Avalanche later tomorrow or later tonight. So I got a a packed night full of sports to watch. Yeah, so we're doing things different this week. We're recording this on Monday, so uh, I'm going to try to get this edited up and out tomorrow. But if not, it might come out Wednesday morning. So when you say tonight, uh, a point of reference for those listening, it'll be. Uh, Monday evening. I didn't tell you this. Um, part of the reason why I'm so freaking drained feeling our air conditioner broke. So yeah, you, you we, should get that fixed. Yeah. Yeah. So we had somebody come out and look at it. Uh, it broke last night. Uh, everything is real hot and sweaty in here today. Nothing like being in South Carolina in May with no air conditioning. And uh, guy came out today and the part necessary to fix what we got going on. Uh, is not going to be here for another five days. Oof. So, oof, indeed. Double oof. So I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I'm a little bit cranky. Not really, uh, not feeling as mo- the as energized as I possibly could. Uh, but what are your thoughts going into the rest of these? Uh, well, not the rest of, but just this this Western Conference playoff situation here uh you know obviously you and i spoke a little bit uh today as far as golden state and houston is concerned you know what's this western conference picture starting to look like as it comes uh is it getting any more in focus or are we getting things modeled up here i think it's going to end up being the one and the two seed i think it's going to be golden state versus denver um Watching this Denver-Portland series, I just I, I think I like the way Denver's playing more as a team than the way Portland's playing. Um, I just think they have more weapons overall. Uh, Joker's playing out of his mind. Jamal Murray's finally shooting the ball well. And then on the other end, I fully expect Golden State to beat Houston. Steph's playing like poop in this series. It has a lot to do with the fact that he has to chase James Harden around. 
and he's been in foul trouble every game. Actually, he's had at least five fouls in every game. Right. Um, and that's got to be that's a daunting task chasing James Harden around and having to literally guard anywhere between twenty five and thirty five shots a game. So, not to mention, you know, the times that he takes it to the rim and gets the foul call. It's a lot of defense that Steph has to play, right? But um, we're we're due for a Chef Curry night. I think it might be tonight. Honestly, uh, I'm hoping it's tonight. I would like to see them go up three one and just take the wind out of the Rockets' sails. Yeah, be a big. I'm not a James Harden fan. Not a big. I used to be a Chris Paul fan, but he's a dirty little scumbag now. <laughs> not a Chris Paul fan at all. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh. Well, you already know how I feel about James Harden. I think he's single-handedly breaking the game of basketball uh, by exploiting the systems the way that he does and, and playing the game the way that he does and crying the way that he does. Um, I know that sounds like just straight haterade to the max. However, um, that's just I just think that's what he's doing, man. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, but, yeah, well, let's talk about a big win we did get uh, that came through today. So, you know, we've got a uh, we've got a big future win that we predicted. So, you want to you want to take a bow here, or what, what? You know, how do you want to go ahead and celebrate this this big victory you got today? Oh, we talking about the uh, the royal baby? We are about being born in the AM and not the PM. We are. Let's go. We are. <laughs> we, we absolutely are. Yeah, that's a. It's I mean it's fifty fifty, but hey, I'll take it. It's like a coin toss. You know what I mean? That that's what I I tell people this all the time. People think like, you know, coin tosses are a pure degenerate bet. Right. It's the most fifty fifty bet you're gonna get in all of sports. Right. So go there's no injuries don't alter anything. Referees have no effect. It is a hundred percent I mean, it's a coin toss. Yeah. It's fifty fifty. So, uh, yeah, I mean, same with the AM, PM, but that's why I always bet the coin toss on national championships and Super Bowls. I take advantage of that, man. I, I, it's, there's no, oh, sharps are on this. They're moving the line. You just heads or tails, you know? That's right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. So let's get into, uh, Let's get into some tales that happened this weekend, in particular tales that got there got whooped. Uh, we'll start with the main event, man. Uh, Donald Cowboys Cerrone turning back time yet again and beating up the perennial. Uh, you know, people act. It's this Chris Weidman thing where they act like he's on the verge of contention all the time. Um, but I think it just might be the, the the UFC's relationship with the Sarah Longo gym. Old man Cerrone, dad bod Cowboy Cerrone, beat the brakes off of Ally Aquinta on Saturday night. Did you get to see that bloodbath? I watched very little of it, and I was seeing about as many Donald Cerrone's as Ally Aquinta was. So I was not in any condition to comprehend what was going on. Okay. Well, with the exception of the first round and a couple uh, – a, a couple – looping uh, right hands here and there. Cowboy was in control from bell to bell and uh, just continued to beat the brakes off of 
ally Quinton really just put him into a bloody stupor. I mean, really just wasn't as competitive as a fight as people would make it out to be. Um, you know, and a lot of people thinking that, uh, you know, there was going to, it was going to be a, a coming out party, if you will, for Iaquinta, even more so than the Khabib fight that he lost, you know, and there's one thing that I don't understand about fighters that come out of the Saralonga gym is that people treat them when they lose as if they won still, as if their stock is not diminished by losing. So, you know, Chris Weidman hasn't won a fight in years and he continually acts like all he needs to do is win one more fight and then he can fight for the belt. Um, Ally Quinta really hasn't beat much of anybody outside of Kevin Lee. And they act as if he, when he beats Cowboy, he's rematching Khabib. They're talking about giving him Connor, all these things. I just don't see the, the air quote here where you earned it kind of deal. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, if you're looking at scorecards, you 49-45 on two judges and 49-46 all for Cowboy. If you're getting beat by that, getting beat that bad by Cowboy at this stage in his career, come on, man. Come on, man. What are we doing here? Like, are we really hyping this dude that much? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you say that. If you're getting beat by Cowboy that bad, that's like inadvertently talking shit on my boy, Mike Perry, which I don't appreciate. Why is that? What's Mike Perry got to do with anything? Cause he got beat by Cowboy bad. He got made. He, he looked like a fool against Cowboy. You say getting beat by Cowboy at this bad, at this point in Cowboy's career, uh, Cowboy's last four fights, he's done nothing but prove everybody. But nobody's wrong. hyping Mike Perry up to be a title contender. That's right. the thing. Yeah. If, you, okay. if you're you. on the title, the you know, the short list for title contenders and talking about big money fights with Connor and rematching Khabib and all this other stuff, you can't go out there and get put you know, have a clinic put on you by Cowboy is what I'm getting at. I got you. Speaking of clinics, uh somebody that needs to go get tested, Elias Theodoro. I, again, I know you were you were out partying it up, but dude, d- I, what a disappoint one what a disappointing performance two what an overall disappointing display of um, air quote here martial arts um you know part of the reason what with the Theodoro play over Derek Brunson is Derek Brunson's horrible gas tank and Theodoro's really lackluster boring 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 style of like point style karate fighting um he's got you know a three strike or three sequence repertoire. I'm going to go ahead and break it down for you here. Ready? It is. Yeah. Strike number one is a standing hammer fist. Uh, strike number two is a lazy sidekick. And then strike sequence number three is outside leg kick, miss spinning back fist. And he threw those three things in sequence for three rounds. It was deplorable. It was embarrassing. You know, advising people that listen to the show to take that pick and then watching him perform like that, I felt embarrassed, man. I legitimately, like, I looked at the wife and I was like, I just, I I feel embarrassed by this. The fact that I picked a guy that performs like this. It looked like, he looked like a guy that lied on his resume and got, got a job that he couldn't handle is what it looked like. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, I don't have any, I don't have a nice thing to say, but I don't think I'll ever bet on one of his fights again. It's kind of like a women's fight. It's really what it felt like. 
Shane yeah. Burgos, Cub Swanson. Uh, you were on the right side with that, with Burgos. It was very uh, one of the strange situations, man. A split decision victory. One judge had 30-27 Burgos. Another judge had it 30-27 Swanson. And then uh, the tiebreaker, 29-28 Shane Burgos, which is what I had it. Um, very strange as far as MMA judging goes, how two different guys can see a fight that diff- that, that that differently. Very strange. Yeah, I just, when I saw that, I didn't understand the, so I I wasn't watching the fight and I saw the results come up on my phone and I saw 30-27-30-27-29-28 split decision and instantly, you know, looking at those, I assumed that it was 30-27-30-27 Burgos and then a 29-28 for Cub Swanson. And then when I looked into it the next day, I don't understand how two judges can be, can score the fight complete opposites. I don't understand how one can give all three to Cub Swanson and the other one give all three to Burgos. Like I said, I didn't watch the fight, so I I don't have the input on it, but I just, it can't, it's tough to watch a fight where all three rounds are an absolute toss up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things, too, you know, and maybe this is the issue that we get into with MMA being more dynamic uh, from a judging standpoint is boxing. But it's there. We've got to have better clear cut criteria and there has to be a weight, you know, uh, whether it's actually written out or not, as far as what things are worth. Um, I'd almost be willing to go to a like Olympic and collegiate style wrestling points system where takedowns are worth so many points and control time is worth so many points and things like that. So that way there's no, you know, as if the referee were awarding these things, you know what I mean? Like left, let the referee award the takedown. And then we have to wait that let the referee award control time or an escape or submission attempt. And then let the, let the ref award it. And then the judges, you know, uh, calculate or tabulate the scores. And then that's how the round scored something, something or give the judges live access to CompuBox or something like that, because it's, it is very strange. And when you have a fight like that, where it is close, I mean, you're watching it going, okay, this is close. This is competitive. And it was, it was very competitive. Um, you know, but Cubs not fighting, Cubs not going, you know, taken to the streets saying that he got robbed, um, which if I if if a judge says you beat me thirty twenty seven and I'm saying I this judge thinks I beat you thirty twenty seven, I feel like that's we both have an argument there. But Cub knew in his heart that he didn't win that fight. At the very end, he told him good fight, and they're standing there just staring at each other. You know, it was not it's not even a debate. If he would have won that fight, he, he would have had that holy crap, what just happened look on his face. But it is what it is, man. Uh, it's really the last thing of note that happened on that card want to get into UFC 237. We got this upcoming weekend. Uh, Rose, in the most thug, thug Rose thing possible, she's decided she wants to go to Rio and fight a Brazilian for her belt. Um, absolutely wild, man. The, uh, the what is it, the testicular fortitude that that would take, but these are two women, so it's not that. Intestinal fortitude, I guess, would be the the uh, the modified version of that. 
So Rose Namajunas taking on Jessica Andrade for the main event, but we got a pretty decent main card. At least three fights out of the five are are good fights, in my opinion. Um, kicking things off, Diego Ferreira, fifteen and two, taking on Francisco Trinaldo at twenty three and six. Not a bad fight here. Do you got anything on either one of these guys? I did okay. not. I did not. This okay. is all you. Uh, Diego Ferreira is the one trending in the right direction here. Um, coming in at minus 165, Trinaldo's at a plus 135. Trinaldo's got good knockout power. Ferreira, I think, is a little bit more well-rounded. Got a better gas tank. Coming in minus 60, 165. I think the odds makers have that one right. Um, dude's just looked good lately. Just looked good. I think he's on a two- or three-fight win streak. If I'm not mistaken, let me look real quick. He is on a four-fight win streak. So let me shut my mouth uh, with wins over Olivier Aubon Mercier, Jared Gordon, Kyle Nelson, and then Rustam Kabilov. So he's doing all right, man. He's doing he's he's doing big things. Um, and 165, I think it's a good play. One of your boys coming up next, the pit bull himself, man, Tiago Alves, taking on Loriano Strapoli. Tiago Alves sitting at 23 and 13. Feels like he's been fighting as long as you've been alive. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah Staropoli's at eight and one. Um, what, what do you think here, man? Uh, I don't think Tiago Alves is going to be able to pull out a win here. I just, he hasn't, I mean, anybody who's watched him in the past five years knows he's not the pit bull of old. Um, the Max Griffin win, I think that Max Do you think Griffin that's USADA had, related? Just for real. Do you think that that's a USADA relation to why he has not looked that good? He, yeah, I mean, his traps have, you know, they're 30% the size they used to be. Right. Like, 100%, he's not. Tiago Alves was on roids. Like, he had he to appeared, be, right? it, 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 He is one of the, whether or not he was on roids, I do not know. Can only speculate. But what I can say is that right. of all the people that seem to be most affected by the introduction of USADA into the UFC I don't know if any of them have been affected the way Tiago Alves has been physically outside yeah, of Vitor, I, and, but Vitor is no longer in the UFC. So, yeah, it's. I, I think he lost the Max Griffin fight. Yes. I think Max Griffin got robbed in yes, the split decision. So that would have given him five out of his last six fights would yes. have been a loss. With his sole win coming over Patrick Cote. Who boy. Yeah. Yeah. Which people forget Patrick Cote yeah. was beating Anderson Silva when his ACL beat him. Patrick Cote <laughs> yeah, was winning that fight. I'm telling you right now, if Patrick Cote's ACL stayed intact, Patrick Cote would have beat Anderson Silva and been middleweight champion of the world. And I will die on that hill. Um he was beating Anderson Silva up prior to his uh ACL giving out on him. I'm not saying. So here's Tiago Alves's wins. Since 2009, John Howard, Doomsday, okay. Poppy Abidi, okay. Uh, Jordan Mean, Patrick Cote, and Max Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and even then, you make the argument, and I and I agree with you. Max Griffin won that fight. Max Griffin, kudos to him yeah. for being a good sport about it, but he got robbed. So, well, that th this one's coming in at, at a pick em, and I think that the, the pick needs to be uh, Loriano's Staropoli. 
I think that's the play there. Uh, just cause I don't see, I, I think Alves is done, man. And I think this would be a good send off to him. Um, he's already doing interviews like the, what comes next after fighting. And at that point, you've already got one foot out the door. Uh, he's going back to Brazil. He's fighting in Rio. What a good send off it would be. Um, you know, a passing of the torch, if you will, get beat by this young cat that's eight and one, get beat in Rio and ride off into the sunset, pursue your next career in coaching and law enforcement, everything else that he wants to do. I think Tiago always loses this fight. Um, and, you know, realistically, judging by the way that he's been uh, getting busted up in fights lately, he might even lose inside the distance here. But I like uh, Staropoli here at minus. Well, it's a pick em, So. I think that's the play, unless you unless you really think Alves is going to turn back the clock here. No, I don't see that happening. All right. Well, speaking of father time, tell him to go f himself. We got Jose Aldo uh, reinventing himself, man, coming back with two monster wins in a row, taking on Alexander Volkanovsky, who looks like an absolute killer. Aldo sitting at twenty eight and four, and Volkanovsky sitting at nineteen and one. Looking at the lines here before you give me your play here. Aldo minus 145, Volkanovski at plus 115. I feel like you and I might land on opposite sides of the coin for this one, but what do you think? This is tough because we talked about this, and like you said, Aldo against Father Time. I get that he's getting up there in age, but his three losses come to Connor, who slept them within, what, eight seconds? Thirteen. 13, oh, sorry, 13, 13 seconds. Um, and then two losses to Max right. Holloway. So it's not like he, you know, it's not like he's getting swept by, or, you know, scrubs or sweeping. The Holloway out. fights, though, he got beat up bad. And I think that's the problem. Oh, but Holloway has beaten everybody up bad outside of Dustin and Poirier. And how long have late. they taken to come back from that? And have any of them actually recovered from yeah. it? That's the thing. It's just tough because the way he looked against Jeremy oh, Stevens yeah. and oh, Moicano, yeah. it's like it, it was the Aldo striking yes. of old. I mean, it was pinpoint. There was power behind it. It, it like it, I don't know. Who, it's tough. Who's, who's ever going to say don't bet on Jose Aldo? I mean, you, you're. I mean, you right. talk about a coin toss style bet. Um, Jose Aldo in, in a fight at this point, you know, nobody's mad. It's as close to 50-50 odds as you're going to get in taking him. My thing with this, though, is Volkanovski, undefeated in the UFC so far, not the greatest resume. Yusuke uh, Kasuya, Mizuta Hirota, Shane Young, Jeremy Kennedy, but then dominant wins over Darren Elkins and Chad Mendez, in which he beat up Chad Mendez, uh, which another yes, guy did. really affected by the USADA thing, but beat up. Chad Mendez and you know Volkanovsky appears to be motivated he appears to be fresh blood um new new breath in the featherweight division that's sort of been sitting stagnant with Max Holloway just being so dominant over everybody um I'd love to see you know I would love to see Aldo win this fight from just a personal standpoint you know just me as a fight fan would absolutely love to see him do it I'm just not sure that, you know, he can put, I don't know if he can do what he needs to do at his age to win this fight because Volkanovsky is going to come out there 
and go wrestle heavy and grind and put like a Khabib style pace and tempo and game plan together against this version of Aldo. And can this iteration of Jose Aldo beat that kind of person? I think if he beats Volkanovsky, he sleeps him. He's got to knock him out. I don't think he's going to win a unanimous decision against them. So can the, the question then becomes what's more likely Jose Aldo losing this fight or him knocking out Alexander Volkanovsky. And, and when you're talking age, you're referring, you're talking fight age yes. and mileage because Aldo is only, I mean, he's only two years older than Volkanovsky, but we're talking just overall high level competition yeah. fight age in the miles that he's put on his body and the, you know, the shots that he's taken yeah. as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, look at it like this. So um, if you look at his first fight in the UFC, you know, the inaugural featherweight belt, which you were there for, were you not? Right. So that was a five-round fight. After that, five rounds against (laughs) Kenny Florian. Beat Chad Mendez, but then five rounds against Frankie Edgar. Five rounds against Ricardo Lamas. Five rounds against Chad Mendez again. Then five rounds with Frankie Edgar. Like, you're talking about a guy that has hours of octagon fight time hours and wars too yeah um i just i just don't necessarily know if it's there still and maybe it will be i mean i bet against him against in the moicano fight and he proved me wrong but here's the thing about the moicano fight he got moicano hurt sure did um but some of the things that have gotten him in trouble in the past he displayed in the brief seconds of this moicano fight that was actually taking place he was running at him wild reckless chin out swinging you know like an absolute madman under no fear of being taken down. You can't do that with a wrestler, the caliber of Volkanovsky, you'll get taken down. Uh, So I just, I, I personally like Volkanovsky in this fight. I think he's a game, a game, game, game underdog at plus plus one fifteen, And I think you can make a little bit of money there, but who I, I couldn't fault anybody for going with Aldo here. How could you not just given history? So, um, my personal play, just me, not necessarily the show, but my personal play here is Volkanovski. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you for going with Aldo. Wouldn't fault you at all with going with Aldo. All right, co-main event, dude. Jared, the killer gorilla, cannoneer, taking on again another dude, Father Time himself, Anderson Silva. Uh, cannoneer minus one sixty versus Anderson Silva plus one thirty. There's no point in going into the hype, the hype reel of the thirty four nine. Anderson Silva, I mean, it's a who's who of everything middleweight history. I just, I think he's past the prime. I think he's punchy. And I think a guy is hungry and hits as hard as Jared Cannoneer's putting Anderson Silva to sleep, man. If he, if he wins this fight, I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. I'm um, see now I'm with you on this one. Um, Cause Anderson Silva is 44 years old. And the opposite of Aldo, Aldo's last three losses being Holloway twice and Conor McGregor, Anderson Silva's, uh, you, you've got to go far back to find his last win over an right. impressive opponent. Right. I mean, Derek Brunson, right. Stefan right. Bonner, Chael Sonnen, right. uh, Yushin Okami, Titor at the end of his career. Um, I guess Damian Maya probably his last because it was Damian, Force Griffin, Talis Ladies, Patrick Cote, Hendo, 
and then that, then you're going back the whole way into the 15 times you beat Rich Franklin. Since, since 2012, Anderson Silva has beaten Nick Diaz and Derek Brunson since 2012. And that Diaz result got everything, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, Diaz was high and uh, Anderson was juiced right. to the gill. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, since 2012, um, Anderson has beat Derek Brunson. We're, it, yeah. For those of you not really sure, we're in 2019. So, in seven years, the middleweight king of the world for the longest time ever has beat Derek Brunson. Now, to yep. play devil's advocate in his defense, he took the Weidman loss off That's the true, broken leg. Is, yes, agree. He took he took the Weidman loss off being an yes, absolute agreed. clown and putting his hands agreed. down and getting slept. He lost to Michael Bisping. He lost to DC, and he lost to Adesanya. So his losses are high sure. level opponents and two absolute slip ups. But I think. The fact that he's only beaten Derek Brunson in those seven years outweighs the fact that he has impressive losses. In yeah. Air quotes. Um, yeah, but I'm with you. I think I we went. I think we went against Cannoneer in his last fight, and he proved us wrong. Well, that's the thing is. So we went against Cannoneer, and what happened was is that Cannoneer showed up ripped, and it was the first time he had showed mm-hmm. up that people were like, "Wait, what?" Because he fought at 185 and he fought David Branch. Prior to that, he showed up at 205 and fought Dominic Reyes and got knocked out. And then before that, he had lost a unanimous decision to Jan Blachowicz or however you say that guy, Blachowicz or whatever. So we're thinking of, we were thinking of 205 puffy Jared Cannonier. Well, now he looks right. like a, now he looks like a homeless dude that's just been working out with like cement blocks under a bridge somewhere. He's terrifying. He's absolutely terrifying at 185 pounds, um, and he beat the brakes off of David Branch. So, you know, um, nobody was expecting that. And then he showed up, and we we're like, "Who's this? Who's this really buff uncle from the barbecue?" And he beat he beat, <laughs> he beat the hell out of David Branch. And I'll tell you that that if that Jared Cannonier shows up to Rio, um, he's beating up Anderson Silva, and he's beating him up bad. And Anderson's going night night in front of all of his countrymen, and that's what I'm counting on. Minus one sixty, uh, you know. He realistically, he's part of the, what's inspired us to put this episode out early, is because I want people to hop on that line before it moves more than it's already going to. Because I feel like, come f- as we get closer to fight week, open w- workouts, weigh ins, sh- you know, that kind of stuff. Once people get eyes on him, oh boy, that line's going to move a lot. Going to move a lot. I would I would yeah. not be shocked to see it at minus two hundred come fight time. Side note, could you imagine, you know, these these guys are some of the best, best athletes in the world, but 205ers, they don't have the pace that guys at 185 and stuff like that. Could you imagine fighting Dom Reyes? The pace that he yeah. puts on people? It's, yeah, oh God. Well, that's the thing it's with John disgusting. Jones. I will give John Jones infinite credit on, well, a lot of, I think a lot of his, Stamina issues are, are based on all the picograms he's got pumping through him. But if it wasn't for the steroids, you can make the argument. I mean, to have that, he, the one thing about John is, is he's right in, he's right in front of you the entire time. He's constantly tapping you, putting the hands out, throwing those teep kicks to the front. You know, he is just 
he's relentless as far as pace goes. And then Dom Reyes, same thing, man. Just a relentless pace to have a guy come like fight night beat 230, 230 pounds, just constantly trying to punch you and kick you in the face. It, that's terrifying, man. Absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. I want no part of that. All right. Main event of the evening. Jessica Andrade taking on Thug Rose Nama Yunus. And Rose, dude, actual underdog here, coming in even money against Jessica Andrade, who uh, almost killed Carolina Kolashevitz last time they fought, uh, coming in minus 130. I like Jessica Andrade here, man, for that exact reason. I have recency bias. I saw poor little Carolina get her head knocked off of her shoulders like Bryce Harper at batting practice, and I am terrified for Thug Rose. I'm absolutely terrified. Yeah, I think the odds makers got this one right. Um, looking at it, there's there's two main aspects to you know mixed martial arts. There's your stand up, and then there's your ground game. Obviously, you've got the clinch and you've got Muay Thai and stuff. But as far as stand up and ground game, I think and I think Andrade is better at both oh, than Rose. Man. I definitely oh, think yeah, she, she definitely hits, harder. hits harder, and I. I think I think her ground fighting is underrated. I really do. She's got seven submissions. Yeah, I mean, Rose is sneaky submission-wise, too. Right. However, I think that the yeah. top pressure and the wrestling base um, that comes with the Andrade style is what's going to make the difference in that regard. I agree with you 100%. I think that the, the ground should not be an overlooked aspect of this, where Rose has little slick, sneaky um, submissions, Andrade has a very grind you into dust and then pat, you know, uh, pass your guard or do whatever and tap you out kind of style. Yeah. I'm terrified for Rose, man. <laughs> I'm terrified mm-hmm. for it. Uh, but, you know, I felt the same way when she fought Joanna. You know, uh, I watched the Joanna fight, the very first one, and I, I looked at the wife and I said, it's the closest thing to a great white shark you're ever going to see inside the octagon. And then Rose slept her. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Rose can't win this fight, but dude, I am terrified because of the pace Andrade can put on people, man. And she's fighting in Brazil. Rose has got to just infinite guts going after glory. Now, if she goes here and not that this is like esteemed, uh, rarefied air, but if she goes into Rio and beats Andrade after beating you know, Joanna two times. Rose Nami Yunus, great, greatest women's straw weight of all time. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. I, I'm saying, <laughs> in doing so, she would pass Joanna, is what I'm getting at. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I like, I like, I like Andrade in this fight, man. Uh, I think that that line's, yeah, that, that line is, that line is at a good price, too, where you can still make a lot of money at minus 130. Be anxious to see how this one adjusts as we get closer to fight. What do you think it's going to start favoring Rose? Or are we going to see a bigger pull away from Andrade? I do. I I think it's going to favor Rose for the sole fact that you're going to have your casual fight fans who are going to see that Rose beat Joanna twice. And that's what's going to move the line. I really think that's going to have a lot to do with it. Yeah. I think I think people are going to bet Rose, and I think Andrade will actually drop down. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, during walkouts, if this fight is a is a pick'em. Yeah, I mean, I will say this: 
just mutual opponent wise, both of them fought Carolina and Rose lost a split decision there where Andrade, like I said, nearly decapitated her. And then Rose prior to that loss to Carla Sparza, who has got a very wrestle heavy approach prior to that lost to Tisha Torres. What's Tisha Torres really good at wrestling. So I'm just saying, I think that, uh, I think that there might be something with the Andrade. Yep. And I like your assessment of the ground game being the X factor here. Um, everybody's thinking stand up, but I think it might actually come down to what we see on the ground. That's a that's a keen insight you got there. Um, but Andrade got slept by Uriah Faber's twin <laughs> sister, uh, Liz Carmouche, and oh man, <laughs> and she also got choked out by Raquel Pennington, the captain of bad butt yeah bad yeah she's definitely a uh or she's a first team alternate one of the two yeah Oof, boy. yeah you're right so, you're right I, i'm not gonna i can't do you know and as far as mutual opponent goes you know yoana beat andrage 50 45 and 50 44 even on one card so very one-sided title fight so we'll see what happens, man. I'm uh, I'm anxious to see what's gonna what's what's gonna happen with it. But I like Andrade in this fight, man. I think she's gonna I think she's gonna pull it off. And but you know I won't discount Trevor Whitman and what he's been doing, man. Just look at uh look at what he's able to accomplish with Justin Gaethje. So she comes from a good team, man. She comes from a good team. She got Pat yeah. Barry behind her. You know she's got a, she's got a good system set up, and she's highly successful. Uh, it's hard to discount the champ. I'll say this anytime you can get a champ at a at a at even money is also a good play, but Andrade it's her second time at the big dance. It's a, an, essentially a hometown fight, and she's an absolute murderer. So I like her in this fight, man. Like it. That's it, dude. UFC two thirty seven, man. That's that's all I got. You got anything else? Um, yeah, real quick. Uh, Milwaukee just went up three one in the series against Boston. Um. The Bruins are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They just beat Columbus in Columbus. And they put out the rounds on the Anthony Joshua okay. fight. The lowest I've ever seen an over-under for a boxing Was match. it at three? Six, Six and, and a half. half. on Ruiz, short notice. It's really, really low. And the under six and a half is a minus 150. Mm. It's just, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Joshua gets him out of there in the third round, <clears throat> but to six and a half, it's just, it's, that's really low. Right. It's just, the Deontay Wilder is nine and a half. The over is a plus 220. And then Tyson Fury's fight coming up in June is nine and a half as well, with the over being even money and the under being a minus 130. <clears throat> Obviously, all three of those guys are monster favorites. Right. Deontay Wilder, the smallest favorite of the group at minus That's because he gets no love because he lost that Fury fight. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel yeah. about that. He's just not... I mean, he... <laughs> he yeah, he I did. did lose it. I know he did. Okay. He absolutely did. Okay. All right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Yeah. That whatever, but yeah, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, my Joshua respectively at a minus three thousand, and Tyson Fury at a minus thirty six hundred. Still, they're not they're still not favorites like Loma, but uh, yeah, pretty big favorites. 
Yeah, that six is interesting. I uh, might get Rudy. He, Joshua might get him out there sooner. Do, is that is that at Wembley? Did I ask you this already? Um, I mean, it, this has to be wrong. Well, I'm what what I'm seeing. It's saying it's at the Barclays Center. It might be. Center you know what? It might be. But yeah, really? I know Wilder's fighting there, obviously. But it might very well be there. How is Anthony Joshua not? Well, they need. So that's the thing, though, is they need to build him an audience over here too to sell for the, yeah. the inevitable uh, Wilder clash. Yeah, let's see. Oh man, they got uh, Alvarez and Golovkin out already for the 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 third fight. Did I pick them? Yep, I pick them. Triple, Triple G. G. That's Found what I'm it. thinking too. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. All right. All right, dude. I think I can only get, get no, robbed three no times way. in a row. No way. No. <laughs> All right. That wraps it up, guys. I will, uh, except we're going to try switching it up. We're going to put it out earlier in the week, give you guys more time to pound the books when the lines are more favorable to you. It's really what this is all about is just trying to get it out whenever the lines are at their peak. A lot of times we see lines like this and then they move so much throughout the week that the value that was available at the beginning half of the week is not available come fight time. Uh, so we're, we're going to try, we're going to try this out for a little bit. We're going to do these earlier in the week episodes and see whether or not uh, it's more profitable. So if you guys like this, let us know. Shoot us a message, shoot us an email, follow us on Instagram, shoot us an email, fistfulofcashpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, fistfulofcashpod, and just check us out there. Shoot us a thing. Let us know what you think about these earlier in the week episodes. I think we're probably, if we get enough uh, response, going to start doing it like this. Just gives everybody more time to get to the book. But that's it, Sue. That's all I got, man. uh, I'm out of here until, and I'll talk to you guys come fight night. Yeah, guys. Um, Real quick, serious note, thoughts and prayers to those who bet maximum security. Um, an all-time bad beat. As always, yes, yeah, seriously. Nothing like a wild animal um, causing you a bunch of money. Um, but as always, guys, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose. <laughs>